Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, good Monday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another week of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us to kick off another week. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and, of course, Southern Miss. We appreciate them and encourage you the next time you have a hankering for barbecue Make sure it's Dickie's Barbecue. It's always delicious. It's always fresh. They cook it seven days a week, and it will be a perfect thing for you to pick up Thursday if you're headed to the ballpark or if you're headed back home to watch the Golden Eagles baby on TV, you can enjoy some Dickie's Barbecue. We've got a full week in store for you. Uh, we've just got all kinds of stuff, and we're going to be previewing that a little later in the show, but we have got a ton of guests that we're going to bring on as uh, we kick off Actually, kickoff game week here in Hattiesburg for Southern Miss football. Kelly Sander joining us right out of the gate today. Uh, we'll have Lee Roberts on the show later. And Kelly, before we get to uh, football with uh, you and Luke, you and I were talking before we went on the air. There was a football game on Saturday night. Austin P in Central Arkansas. First uh, real athletic event I've seen, I guess, since, uh, I don't know, maybe February or March. Uh, it was an entertaining football game, and um, how did you think it went? I thought overall that uh, they pulled it off pretty well. I think so, too, considering both the Ohio Valley, where Austin P. you know, plays, that's their home conference, and the Southland Conference that Central Arkansas is in, you know, both of those conferences shut it down, but, but told their respective schools, you know, that they can go book games if they want to, and that's exactly what they did, and uh, it was, it was a it was an entertaining football game, and there were fans in the stands, albeit not many, but enough that they could certainly, uh, you know, you could certainly hear them and made their voices known. And uh, actually, say how good of a game it was. Central Arkansas was the favorite, but had to take every single second. Right. Uh, they won the game on the very last play of the game. So right. uh, it was it was great just to be able to to see you know a college football game. But there were evidence evidences that, that they're taking things seriously as far as, you know, social distancing and reporters had masks on and coaches uh, traversing the sidelines, you know, had masks on as well. So, um, and other schools today are reporting, um, you know, that COVID tests that were done over the weekend and so far zero positive uh, reports. So hopefully that's, you know, that that trend will continue and we can get back to as as much as possible business as normal. Well, it was interesting to watch. You see, you're right. It was an entertaining game. <clears throat> uh, 2,000 people they led in the stadium. That The game was played in Montgomery, Alabama. I'm not sure what the capacity of that stadium is, but they allowed 2,000 people uh, in the game. Uh, they would scan through the crowd and scan through the sidelines a lot, and I would say 99% of the people – we're wearing masks and uh, and distance from one another. I thought from time to time the coaches had a little trouble with the mask, but boy, you can you know you that's got to be pretty tough to to stand down there for three hours. I'm sure it was hot and humid. The coaches looked really really wet. 
uh, from sweat and, uh, and and keep that mask on. So that's, that's going to be a challenge. And it really seems to me like the country is finally taking, you know, finally taking this threat more seriously than they were before. But I don't necessarily think it's because they've listened to politicians or the medical community. They should, but they haven't. I, I think what it has is what's happened is more and more people who have gotten the virus have told their friends and relatives, you know, <laughs> right. what it was like. Right. And so when, when people have it hit close to home, right. that's when they start doing something about it. But whatever the cause, whatever the reason, I'm glad that people are doing that because that's probably the only way we're going to get football in at any measure. Well, All right, Luke, the next step will be Southern Miss Thursday night. They're going to step it up in the respect that uh, – well, my, my guys on the campus tell me they're looking for around 5,000 people. That would be twice what we saw uh, in Montgomery. But I guess uh, you have to just take this one step at a time. Yeah, I, would, I hope that there'll be more than that. I mean, um, I know some season ticket holders won't come, and it depends on what the uh, what the student section does. I'm thinking I could be dead wrong. I just think it's going to be a, a little more than that. Um, and uh, we, we joke about this. We know how we count seats at Southern Miss sometimes. So, you know, we might have 15,000 there, Bob. You never know. <laughs> yeah, they can fill up at Section KK pretty quick. And you don't notice them up there, but, but uh, clearly they're – I think overall of what I saw Saturday night, Luke, that appeared to me to, to, to maybe be a workable situation. Now, the more people you get in, <clears throat> obviously the more issues, but the, the venues, I assume, would be bigger, and you're trying to keep the same uh, proportion of fans. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see. Almost as interesting as the game will be the preparations uh, that the school has to make, and uh and, and again, in talking to, to my connection there, they're really busy right now trying to uh, trying their best to get everything organized and get off on the right foot. Well, Jeremy McLean told us uh, on Friday how important it was, how thankful they were in a lot of ways that the Louisiana Tech game got bumped back a week. That way they can evaluate what they do for South Alabama and make sure they tie up any loose ends before Louisiana Tech. And the one question we didn't ask, Jeremy, but you know, because it's a first-come, first-serve um, you wonder what the queue lines are going to be like in the gates getting in. You wonder if there's going to be social distancing. Surely there will be, but things on the ground where you, most of the time you just get in a big line and walk up the ramp or get in a big line and go in the gate. So uh, that, that's really the only missing part that I'm interested to see how they handle admission into the game Thursday night. Uh, from what I read this weekend, guys, uh, you're not going to be able to go up and buy a ticket. Uh, the tickets are going to be distributed to season ticket holders and then a thousand tickets to students. I don't know if they include in that band members and that sort of thing. But am I right, guys? You you cannot go buy an yeah. individual game ticket, right? Right. And I and here's here's the general protocols that most college teams are are implementing this year. First of all, they're reminding fans leave your car with your mask on. Okay, even if you're not close to the stadium, just put your mask on when you get out of the car. Second of all, try to avoid gatherings around the ticket gates. You know, if there's, a, if there's a large crowd waiting to get in and you're not necessarily in that big a hurry, just lag behind, you know. Just wait until the crowd thins out a little bit. Also, limit your time on the concourse, uh, you know, around concession stands and things like that. You might want to, quote, unquote, take care of things, you know, before you, uh, before you go into the game uh, necessarily. And then... Once you're you're at the game, you know, kind of kind of stay with your your own family, your own group, 
always keeping your mask on. And then the only thing that's really kind of going to be left to chance is when you leave the stadium. You know, the same thing if you're not in any big hurry. You might just want to lag behind a little bit. And, again, none of this is a guarantee, but just good practices. While these numbers are starting to go down in Mississippi, let's, let's keep the trend going. Meanwhile, the players on the field are going to be tested. Conference USA announced this this morning. And, of course, uh, no time like three days before the first game to implement a, uh, <laughs> a <laughs> protocol. But all the Southern Miss players, all the Conference USA players, will be COVID tested three times a week. Three mm-hmm. times a week, beginning this week, um, heading into games. Meanwhile, some teams who have not been practicing are getting back on the field today. Auburn of the SEC gets back to practice today, but they still have 21 players out because of positive COVID tests. But back to Conference USA again, three times a week, guys. Right. I, I saw this one, morning, One too. more thing about that, too. Ross Dellinger reported uh, this morning, Sports Illustrated, uh, college football guy that that they had uh, planned that. Um, it's just kind of weird how it gets released game week, but that had been in the works. But also, you have to administer a team wide antibody test before game one. So Southern Miss will, will be getting a team antibody test this week. <laughs> so Luke, can you can you block all that out if you're a player and a coach? I mean, they, this has got to be swirling around your head. How hard is it going to be to block all that out and concentrate on playing football? I think that that will the game itself will be the release. That'll be uh, the last couple of weeks, especially the scrimmages, have been the the normal to these guys as close to, to normal as you can get. And when you run out of that tunnel at the Rock on Thursday night, that will be the most normal you have felt really in the last six months. So that's going to be their escape. That's going to be their release. And so I, I think the game itself, as, as maybe corny as it sounds, is the best thing to happen to them because it will be the most normal that they felt. And, of course, Bob, there will be no tailgating on campus. I forgot to mention that. I kind of think that's obvious, but no tailgating at, at any of the venues across the country pretty much this year. And in conjunction with that, I'm, uh, this morning you got, I have an announcement to make right here on the show today. Yeah, I am tired of reading about the evils of drinking. I, okay, I got it. All right? I, I, I have read all I'm going to... So you know what I'm doing? What's that? I'm going to stop reading. There you go. Uh, I'm just hopeful that they'll keep those frightening, scary Dixie Darlings at bay, Kelly. And that's... Uh, if we can get past that, I think everything will be A-OK. It's interesting that you mentioned that, Bob Getty, because we have news regarding... All right. The Dixie Darlings. We're going to talk about the frightening, terrifying Dixie Darlings. And they break the game down as well. Eagle Hour continues. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And we're glad you're with us this afternoon. Got the full gang here to kick off the show. Bob, Luke, and Kelly. Luke and I at the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Kelly at his palatial estate out on the banks of uh, Canebrake, uh, where the common folks are never allowed. But Kelly calls us from there, and we're 
grateful to him for that. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Uh, great time to go buy you some Southern Miss apparel this week before the big game Thursday night. You can buy it online at campusbookmark.net or you can go to the store Monday through Saturday and pick it up. What a show we've got all week long, guys. We've got Jack Duggan, Leland Ducksworth, Reggie Collier, Patrick McGee. We're going to have the play-by-play guy who is going to do the football game Thursday night. He's going to be on the show with us later in the week. And then tomorrow, after I believe it's tomorrow, we're going to have the play-by-play voice of South Alabama. So we're going to cover the game from every angle, from the CBS angle, from the South Alabama angle, and of course from the Southern Miss angle. And Kelly, we're so grateful that you would uh, that you would uh, share with us, common folks, this afternoon outside of the gates of your state. Well, actually, Ernesto is just walking in from. Uh, is he? A, a very, yeah, very hot day. Yeah, I mean, poor I, guy. He's sweating. Him, I'm sure. I gave him a hand wave that it was okay to approach. <laughs> Uh, Just don't look you in the eyes. Is that right? That, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, but Bob, the, the the most menacing group of athletes on campus at Southern Miss in the news again, the Dixie Darlings. Uh oh. Um, well, official word is that there will be no official name change this academic year. The Dixie Darlings, as we know them, are safe for this academic year, but that university officials will continue to watch very closely. Uh, the situation, which I'd like to know what that situation is. Exactly. Uh, what is the situation? Yes. Right. With the Dixie <laughs> Darlings. But I, the, the, what, the, what I'm reading between the lines is that nothing's going to happen this year, but something's going to happen next year. Sure, I for mean, sure. I, they I, just, they've just kicked it down the road. But I, w- I would issue an invitation to any member of the Traditions Committee. If you will identify yourself, we will give you the whole hour on the Eagle Hour to tell us what conditions you'll be monitoring between now uh, and the end of the season? And we will ask you whether or not you graduated from the university. Yeah, that would be a, that would also. be a big point as well. All right, well, let's talk about the football game, Luke. South Alabama, a two point under, a two touchdown underdog. Uh, you know, watching that game Saturday night, you could you you could tell. I, I thought uh, a couple of ways that those kids had not had a lot of practice time. They seemed to get sort of tired. Would you agree, Kelly, in the, in the second half of the game, a lot more mistakes? And uh, they, you could just tell they had not had the preparation normally uh, that they would have had. And, and I suspect we're going to see the same thing Thursday. Am I right, Luke? Well, you, you're going to see what the voluntary workouts did. That's what you're going to see. You're going to see, and and remember, early in June, there were most of the team was back, and and that is a good sign. And so, you know, you just don't show up in mid July and get ready for a season. So, some of that has to do with the protocols that those universities put on their players themselves. Um, but I feel pretty good about the conditioning of the Golden Eagles going into Thursday. There's nothing like game shape. We we get that, understand that, and you'll start seeing that as the season goes on. It will be a first test. In one way, it'll be their first shot at game shape at the same time they're itching to get out there and they're probably in some of their best shape right now because nobody's been beating on them all season well now do you see, I, do you see and, these guys uh, kelly you jump in here do you guys see south alabama as the same kind of opener we've seen the last couple of years when we've played a swack school you know a, an easy win a, an opportunity to just get your team together and hit somebody in different colors or do you guys see this as a competitive game I see it. I see it as a competitive game. Now, South didn't have the season that they wanted to have last year, um, but but you know, by the way that they finished the season and with people that they've got coming back, you would expect them to be more 
you know, more competitive. Now, the Sun Belt Conference, you know, Appalachian State's in the Sun Belt, and we know what Appalachian State did to a lot of people last year. Mm-hmm. Georgia Southern is in the Sun Belt, and when, when Irk Russell was there, Georgia Southern was winning just about every kind of Division II national, you know, one AA championship there were, and Georgia Southern continues to be very strong. The Cajuns of Louisiana Lafayette, you know, are, are a strong football team. They actually open against uh, Iowa State this year. So, I mean, and Louisiana Monroe came to Hattiesburg, uh, was it two years ago, guys, or was it last right, year? two years ago. And yeah, that, that came to town and, and, and beat us by a point. So, um, so the, I, I don't, you know, no disrespect to the, to the SWAC, but the Sun Belt Conference, um, pretty, pretty good conference. All right, competitive game, Luke one. Johnson? Um, they, you know, they won two games last year. They won three the year before. They won four. Steve Campbell's a good coach. He's the guy who won at Mississippi Gulf Coast for a long time. But when you look at the the numbers, so they were two and ten last year, one and seven in the Sun Belt, zero oh and two against common opponents. They they lost, uh, I think, by three touchdowns to Troy, and lost by four touchdowns to UAB. They they're not very good on offense. They averaged right, right at 18 points last year. Uh, their their leading rusher Trey Mentor he's not back this year. They've got a sophomore quarterback. When you look at what they did, they actually ran the ball. Uh, they averaged about 330 on offense. They ran for 171 a game, 158 in the air. What South Alabama is going to do in coming in, they're going to, in some ways, hit us in the mouth from the get-go. And they, they got two really good upperclassmen wide receivers. They, they've got a guy uh, named Kawan Baker. He's 6'1", 215. He's a senior. Jalen Talbert is a 6'3 guy. And where was the Achilles heel last year defensively for Southern Miss? It sure wasn't on the run. Uh, Golden Eagles were impressive stopping the run. Golden Eagles gave up like almost 240 yards a game in the passing. So expect South Alabama to take some deep shots. And with some of those names being mixed around, the depth chart we got, Rashawn Mitchell's not starting. You know, Kyle Hemby will be back there, but man, two new corners. And if I'm South Alabama and, and I'm their quarterback, uh, Desmond Trotter, I'm picking on the Golden Eagle, uh, secondary early and often. So expect some deep shots. That's how South Alabama can, uh, possibly stay in it and win. What Southern Miss has got to do is just come out, move the football, establish the running game and take some shots and get Jack Abraham some confidence. And I think just getting people into space, they only returned five guys on defense and they weren't very good at all on, in defense last year. So the Golden Eagles, by far the more talented team, the faster team. And if, as long as the Golden Eagles don't turn the ball over, I, I think they will cover the spread for sure. Oh, you do. See, I think fourteen's a little steep. You know, for considering Kelly. it's the it's the first game of the year. Mm-hmm. Kelly. Yes. Kelly. Oh, Luke, I'm just telling. Well, look, I'm just, the, the, I'm just telling you. The way that Vegas makes its money is half the people are on one side of the of the spread, and the other half people are on the other side of the spread. Right. We right. learned that last year at the casino, didn't we, Kelly? They could care less who you vote, who you bet on. They could care that's less, what, right? That's right. Yeah, and, and they would love for Luke to take the spread and me to take the points. Right. Look, I'll take a one point win. Right. You know, and I'm sure Jay, Jay Hobson would too. But I'm just saying. I just think 14 is a little steep. This is a game that the Golden Eagles should be up two touchdowns at least at halftime and probably win by 21. That's what type of game we're looking at because I really think that – well, here all bets are off if something happens to Jack Abraham like we saw in the bowl game. Right, all bets are off. But what I am excited to see is a commitment to run the football. 
and I really think they're going to be able to run the football a whole lot better. And I think a defense like South Alabama's allows you to get a lot of confidence in game one. Kelly, back in the days uh, before you and I developed these faces for radio and we were both working in television, you know, there were no South Alabamas. And I think it's the I think it's the evolution of the South Alabamas and the UABs uh, and the Troys and schools of that nature that really changed the landscape for Southern Miss football uh, at a time when, you know, Southern Miss, I think it's fair to say, Southern Miss was the dominant, the dominant, uh, you know, smaller school uh, in the southeast uh, by far not so much anymore and i think it's because of the south alabamas of the world i think that is an absolute slam dunk truth when you look at the way the big nasty jim carmody and the guys used to go down to the panhandle of florida and really really clean house down there and get some really good talent you know because again it's florida but it's it's not that far away uh, but you didn't have you didn't have South Alabama now sitting between you and Hattiesburg. Correct, right? You know, so the Jag and and Troy does the same thing. Goes down, and there's only so much talent to you know to go around. So you, you're not able to go down there like you were before, uh, and just be able to to get every stud down there in the Panhandle, Florida. Uh, not to mention some guys that that the A word, the University of A word, mm-hmm. you know, didn't want mm-hmm. uh, in that state, so they can go right there in their backyard and play for Troy or South Alabama. So it's just it's made it a tougher recruiting cell um, for the Southern Miss. Coach. True, there are a lot of Alabama kids that uh, that are great players. They just so many can go to Alabama and Auburn, but they're more apt to go to an in-state school. They're more apt to go to a Troy or a UAB and stay in their home state than they were 20 years ago, you know? So I just think when you see it's, South it's Alabama Thursday hard. night, that's what you need to keep in mind. It's very hard to find diamonds in the rough anymore because there's more eyes watching. There's more eyes watching technologically. There's more eyes watching personally. Recruiting has just exploded in the last, really since I've been out, but especially in the last 10 years. And with social media now, it's very hard for a kid to get overlooked. Kelly, And, And besides that, as we go into commercial break, besides that, if you do get the guy to sign and he doesn't get to play right away, he, he leaves the transfer portal, yeah. Right. Kelly, our regards to Ernesto. And take it easy on the guy, man. It's hot out there. Yeah, I'll, I'll, let, him, I'll let him maybe take an extra 10 minutes today. <laughs> Kelly will be back tomorrow. Lee Roberts is next on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Monday, game week number one is here as we get ready to kick off the 2020 football season. Just glad it's here. Thursday night, 
8 o'clock, Southern Miss against South Alabama in the Rock. Doesn't get much better than that. Hope you're excited uh, about the game. And uh, if you're not able to come as a season ticket holder, there's still some season tickets available. So you can call the season ticket office and make sure you get all seven home games uh, this year for the Golden Eagles. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Come get you a pregame meal over at 4th Street. Every day, the lunch is eight ninety five. And that includes a free drink. Fourth Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel on the phone with us, making his 2020 football uh, season debut. The former quarterback for the Golden Eagles, number five, Lee Roberts, who was the starting quarterback from 1996 to 1998, won a couple of Conference USA championships, and is the color analyst next to John Cox. Lee, um, there is a Roberts. On campus, but he's playing basketball. How excited are you uh, that that Blake is a Golden Eagle on Jay Ladner's squad? Man, we are we're excited to have him in town. Excited that he's going to get to continue, you know, his athletic career here at Southern Miss, and you know, more importantly, he he's excited. And uh, I tell you, we we haven't seen him a whole lot. We've heard from him a little bit, but the times we have talked to him, he's he's said nothing but great things about his teammates, the program. And I know Coach Ladner's going to do a great thing there with, with uh, that new signing class and the returners. But we're, we're excited for Blake for sure. Uh, a lot of positives for him. And he's a guy that has worked hard, and, and we're excited about that. Just excited about his future. Just wanted to bring that up, man, because I am so stoked in watching basketball. But we're going to talk football today because that's uh, more of our expertise. Uh, Lee Roberts, uh, three-year starter. How important is it, and this is maybe an easy question off the gate, but how important is it that Southern Miss has a three-year starter at quarterback this year in Jack Abraham? You've been there. You know what it's like. No, you definitely do. And, uh, you know, especially knowing what we've been through with, you know, a no spring training, a kind of a minimal uh, summer training. You know, but it, it didn't stop Jack Abraham and the wide receiver court and really the, the offensive court to, to try to get together and do what they needed to. And to have a signal caller like him, a guy that has shown that he can do the things on and off the field that he needs. He's a, he's a leader. He's a guy that, uh, you know, has been through multiple offenses since he's been here, but he's no uh, stranger to that because of, you know, being at uh, in junior college, he's been at, at he was at Louisiana Tech. So he's a guy that has been in multiple offenses and very very comfortable. And uh, definitely glad to have a uh, a big time guy there at the quarterback position this year for sure. Excited to see in scrimmage too. Seems like the offense took another step forward uh, a week or so ago. What are you most excited about in in a Matt Kubik offense? You know, one thing Coach Kubik's going to do. He he was brought in to help establish the running game and you know looking at the running backs that we have on campus obviously have have lost some guys uh, in that backfield but the guys that we have I think are going to be playmakers and you know you got to start with the junior college guy Dr. Uh, Don Ragsdale a guy that's, that basically has won the starting job and I think he's going to help kind of take that offensive running game to the next level and what that will do again that'll take pressure off Jack Abraham as well but it really is going to start up front what uh, Ryan Stedenchek has been able to do with the offensive line. A really, really good offseason. I know that area, those guys have gotten much stronger. And, and as you saw last year, they got kind of pushed around up front. So knowing that they've been in the weight room and what they've been able to do, it's going to really attribute to opening up some holes and really protecting Jack Abraham. And that's going to be a huge, huge key. And, uh, you know, like I said, Coach Kubik, his first year, it's kind of an ironic year 
um, a new offensive coordinator and a new defensive coordinator on the other side of the ball. However, uh, Coach Peck, uh, no stranger to Southern Miss, as this is his second time here. But uh, Coach Kubik excited what he's he's bringing, and and I know he's excited as well uh, having the arsenal of players uh, that we have. Lee, we're glad to have you back on the Eagle Hour. Look forward to having you on every week and uh, appreciate all the contributions you've made to our show. Uh, we were talking uh, with Kelly earlier, and I want to take you back to the era that you were uh, the quarterback for Southern Miss. And we, we were talking about the, the days prior to South Alabama, UAB, Troy, those schools, and how Southern Miss was able to just really gobble up all the uh, talent uh, in the you know, in the uh, Florida area, the Animobile area, that didn't get uh, perhaps those scholarships to Alabama and Auburn. Uh, that's all changed. And, and how big a how big an impact have schools like South Alabama had on the face of college football here in the Deep South? Well, I'm, I'm gonna say this: if you know, if if South Alabama and you know Troy and some of those programs were what they were back in 1993, you know, I might not have been a gold nigga myself, being from Pensacola. Really? Um, you know, knowing that, well, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that in a negative way. No, I understand. Not sure, yeah. yeah. Not, not sure, you know, what would have held, you know, for me knowing that I could have possibly played 90 minutes for my parents as opposed to sure, three hours. Sure. Not taking anything away from my time here at Southern Miss because I'm definitely bleed black and gold. But, but kind of to your point, I think it's, it's a huge point because South Alabama is that program that is, is up and coming. And then there's a program in, you know, West Florida as well. It's a, not a Division One program, but I mean, you just look at schools like that that are tapping into the the talent pool there in the Panhandle and uh, Lower Alabama, and you know it makes it very very difficult for for our coaches to get out and 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 recruit guys when they can play basically in their backyard in some of those areas. So, um, you know, schools like S- South Alabama, it's very interesting because we've never played these guys. Uh, looking forward to a first time ever meeting just, you know, 90 minutes down the road. So really looking forward to Thursday night. Natural rivalry. I mean, it could be a natural rivalry. Sure it can. Uh, sure yeah. it can. And, I, you know, I think, I think Southern Miss, you know, with them, obviously the UAB with the conferences they tie in, um, Louisiana Tech, you know, multiple teams within driving distance can be a huge, huge um, rivalry for us. But, yeah, looking forward to in the Jaguars for sure. Well, I wanted to ask you about that for this reason as well. I remember back, and I was thinking about this over the weekend. I remember back uh, Coach Bowers' last couple of years, and 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 some of the people certainly wasn't me, but some of the people began grumbling. Uh, you know, well, the program is the program has gotten stale. The program isn't making the advancements that we need it to make. I think at that time they were just ignoring the fact that the that the the recruiting landscape had changed, and and uh, it it had an effect uh, that that. A coach like Coach Bauer, great a coach as he was, he he couldn't overcome all of that. No, and 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 to be a coach and knowing that that's what you're having to go up against makes it makes it super difficult. So knowing what what Coach Hobson can do is go in and grab some of these guys that's going to contribute this year. Uh, that was what Coach Bauer was able to do, you know, back in the day as well. And you know, you continue to have programs on the rise, and um, it, it does. It truly dilutes the the talent pool in the area and it does affect the recruiting for sure is that good for college football lee you know i think it, i mean i think it is i mean given the opportunity for more guys to have a chance to go play on the next level i think it's always a good thing and mm-hmm. you know you you look at even in this state you know some of the the biggest names that's made it in, in professional football didn't play at the biggest schools out there and you know so if you go to a south alabama or you know a school that's a group of five 
type uh, school. I mean, these guys are going to go and they're going to play early and they're going to get get a chance to have that opportunity, as is guys that come to Southern Miss. Right. All right. Now, this is going to be the first time that you have called a game uh, in the world of COVID-19. Uh, we were also talking earlier about watching the uh, game Saturday night with Austin P in Central Arkansas, and you could see the differences. I, I just wonder, as, as you and John get ready for the broadcast, are, are you guys going to be have to dealing with things differently uh, than you have in the past? You know, there's going to be some things in the press box that will be a little bit different. You know, normally there's three of us kind of on that front row. Uh, I think John's going to, you know, alter that a little bit to where we're not jammed in there so much, but. You know, I, I think we're just going to kind of approach it like normal, and uh, you know, try to try to do our best. Obviously, we're going to be in there for for a long time in that radio booth, and you know, the school is taking precautions, doing the tests that they need to to, to make sure that we're all healthy and and that kind of stuff. So, um, it, it it will be a little different, but. Again, it's college football season now, and I'm really, really excited about getting this year kicked off. It's game. It's game week. Did you? Was there a time you never thought you'd see this day? You know, I, I really did. I mean, you look back at what happened back in March when they canceled basketball and then they canceled baseball and, you know, and those not being huge contact sports and knowing that we're kind of in the in the peak of some of this COVID-19 era and that we're going to have a chance to, to start with college football. And even looking at what the major leagues have done, I mean, NBA and Major League Baseball, there are no fans in the stands, so I'm excited that we're going to have at least the 25% capacity in our stands, that'll be huge for the for the Southern Miss faithful as well. But uh, yeah, no, definitely was not sure if this would ever come to fruition or not. But I'm definitely glad that we're here in game week. And we're glad to have you back on the show. Look forward to talk to you every week. I'll clarify one thing: you're not a former Southern Miss quarterback. You're one of the great former Southern Miss quarterbacks, and you're right up there at the top of the list, my friend. We're we're glad to have your input each and every week. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Uh, great comments there, and I look forward to talking to you weekly as well. Lee Roberts, everybody, one of the great college quarterbacks to play at Southern Miss and now the color analyst on the Southern Miss Radio Network. And it all kicks off this week, Thursday night at 8 o'clock, Southern Miss in South Alabama. We were wondering for a while if we'd ever have another game to talk about, and it looks like maybe this week we will. We'll continue right after this. segment on this Monday brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, or online, toyotahattiesburg.com. You can view all their inventory, new, pre-owned, certified. Go on their website, pick out the cars uh, that you want to look at, and then go see them on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg. Toyota of Hattiesburg, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Also want to tell you about D1 Training and DBAT, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg in the old Gaddy Town building. Great facilities, great instructors. If you're looking uh, for uh, your 
uh, son or daughter to get some great baseball or softball instruction, hit up DBAT. And if you're looking to get in some of the best shape of your life, uh, hit up D1 Training. We appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, Bob, uh, always appreciate First Bank. Looks like we may have the perfect 10 who is kind of the uh, owner regal, right, of First Bank. Just kidding, yeah. Reggie. But Reggie Collier coming on uh, the, the Eagle Hour um, this week. And so thankful for First Bank sponsorship of our studio for the Eagle Hour. They've been with us from the very beginning. Luke, we've got a heck of a week lined up. We're going to have uh, tomorrow Jack Duggan and Leland Ducksworth former Southern Miss football player, and J.D. Byer, who is the play-by-play voice of South Alabama. So we'll get a preview of the Jaguars tomorrow. Wednesday, we're scheduled to have Reggie Collier on the show. Now, Carter Blackburn and Aaron Taylor are the two CBS sports announcers uh, doing the game. We're going to have one of those two guys on either Wednesday or Thursday. We're still getting that worked out. You pointed out to me that Aaron Taylor was an offensive lineman uh, for the Packers uh, and Brett Favre. Yeah, he won uh, Super Bowl thirty one with uh, with Brett in in New Orleans. So uh, Aaron Taylor, being the the play by play guy, he played for six seasons in the NFL. Carter Blackburn, a young uh, sportscaster, but a, a guy that's done college football games as well as NFL games, and so he's an up and coming guy, and should be a great broadcast if you're unable to Good. to be at the Rock on uh, on Thursday night. Patrick McGee also uh, coming up uh, this week, so we've got a full lineup uh, all week as we get ready to uh, count down to. Thursday afternoon and uh, Thursday night, rather. Eight o'clock, Luke. Uh, you're pretty excited, I think, huh? I got to take a nap. I'm getting to that place where I might start feeling it in the second quarter. Uh, I might start <laughs> drooping my head like Kelly Sander does. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it is exciting. You're not, uh, you are one hour later than, uh, than the UAB game. The UAB game's on ESPN Plus. So, really, the only football game on cable television and, you know, with it with it being a later kickoff, you may get some of the uh, the Pacific and Mountain time zones to zoom in, and just one of those games where Southern Miss needs to just be Southern Miss. They need to put on a show. They need to come out firing on all cylinders. They need to uh, to take some shots. They need to play nasty defense. And it's a great opportunity, in the words of Jim Taylor, to not lay an egg but to soar high. And that's <laughs> that's what. Uh, is is going on, and and when you're going into a game where you're playing on national television, you you got to be loose at the same time. You got to be serious. So it'll be interesting to see. You'll you'll see a lot about you know what this team's psyche is, depending on uh, you know how things happen and the ebb and flow of the game. They got to cut down on turnovers. We've been one of the the worst in the nation the last ten years in turnovers. Uh, threw way too many interceptions last week. How high of a passer efficiency, Randy, can Jack Abraham go on Thursday night? And you would like to see him not only complete 65-70% of his passes, but uh, to be interception free. It will be the first Southern Miss sporting event since back in early March when the Golden Eagles came uh, from way behind in the last three innings of the ball game on the road to beat Troy. And I remember was sitting in my house listening to that baseball game, and when it was over, I was just feeling so good about how young the team was and had a tremendous comeback against a quality team like Troy. And I just thought, what a magnificent baseball season we're going to have. Little would I have ever dreamed that we would be getting to the first week of September before we would have another Southern Miss Athletic event. But that's how long it's been, Luke. It has been a stretch. 
we had Gabe Montenegro on a remote that that Friday after that Troy game, and they had just announced, uh, you know, that they had postponed. That's the words we were using then postponed the weekend series, and uh, you know it was just heartbreaking to to see Gabe kind of in real time saying, "Hey, uh, I thought we were playing tonight, but we're not playing tonight." So yeah, we should point out that 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 game was the last time that Conference USA updated anything on their website too, <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, thankful football's back. Before we go, Bob, want to give a shout out to our our good friend Heath Hinton, and uh, we'll try to have him on the show uh, this week. But big news for Heath today: if you go on his Twitter profile, um, he's taken his first steps in in the last six months. Of course, uh, Heath had to have part of his left leg amputated, and over the last few weeks, been fitted for a prosthesis, and today. Uh, with the help of a walker, Heath Hinton walking good. after six months of uh, rehabilitation. Well, really news. special. And if you know Heath and uh, you, you know how he can light up a room, great news for for good. him. And So if you know him, send him a text. Give him a shout-out on social media. Congratulate him. That's a big accomplishment. Also want to let you know we got this uh, from our friend Jody Lott that the pulmonary specialists and ICU doctors in Jackson say they are pleased with the progress that baseball coach Corky Palmer has made in the last two days. Uh, it was uh, there for a while that he didn't make a lot of progress, but apparently has picked up in the last couple of days. And so our prayers continue to go out to Coach Palmer uh, and his family, and we lo- really look forward to seeing him back at the Pete in the spring. So some positive news from both Heath and Coach Palmer this afternoon. All right, Jack Duggan, Leland Ducksworth, and J.D. Bauer on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. We're looking forward to that all week long. We hope you'll join us. Until then, Southern Miss... To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.